Kathy and I are so thrilled to be home. I uh, First of all, I just want to say, you guys can just keep playing that for me. I just want to say thank you to an incredible team. Do, do we not have an incredible team at the Gay Church? What an amazing, amazing team we have. Uh, I've been gone for five weeks. Part of that has been uh, vacation time, and part of that has been responsibility times. I have uh, crisscrossed the ocean and the nation four times in the five weeks, so it's not a, it's not been a, a time where grass grew under my feet, but it was some responsibilities we needed to keep up with. Plus, Kathy and I got some time. We had a great 12 days in Alaska, and we we're very, very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for your prayers. Thank you so much. But I'm grateful for an amazing preaching team. I'm grateful for an amazing staff and team that all week long, the Gate Church didn't decline. It didn't take steps back. It actually took steps forward. My wife met somebody this week, said, we've been in church three weeks. We've never met you guys, but we love the church. I said, I hope we don't mess it up, Kathy. That's wonderful. Come on, one more time. Would you give the team a great big hand? We love them and appreciate them. They're incredible. I was, um, I think many of you have been praying for me, and I, I may share a little bit about this in, in the middle of the message, but I had, a, I had a situation. We had just gotten into California. I picked up Kathy, and we were also hosting the Ukes, who were helping me in a one day that we were having. And we were on our way up to Miwok Village, which is up in the mountains. And so we stopped at a store to, uh, to pick up something. And I'd been sitting in the car just writing notes. I'd been writing some things I was going to preach on Sunday and writing notes. And I was parked back under a tree and just to myself for about an hour and a half. And it was time for me to pick up the ladies. And so I pulled right up to the front door of this mall and parked and I thought well we're getting ready to have another two hour trip so I'll go and use the restroom real quick before we uh, before we leave and while I went in the restroom uh, somebody broke into our SUV that we had and I didn't even see it it was on the opposite side of the driver's side so when I got in to go around to pick up them up Kathy said "There's somebody's broke into the car there's a hole in the window so the whole back window was busted in and the only thing missing was my briefcase. And um, in my briefcase, that briefcase is, is uh, sort of been with me for about 15 years. I actually was given to me as a gift, bought in Harrods in London and given to me as a gift. So it's a very expensive briefcase that somebody blessed me with. But in the briefcase was my computer, all the stuff you'd have in there, your computer, my AirPods, all the stuff. But my passport was in there, my global entry cards were in there. But worse, my Bible that I bought to start when we started the Gate Church, and I've preached out of it every week since we started the Gate Church, my Bible was in there. And then I had a journal that I had written about the next four months into 2020. The next four months of series of messages I'd written in my journal, they were all in there. That was in there. And I'd just come from England, and most of you don't know this, but when I travel, you know, I, I'm honorariums are given and people partner with us and have partnered with us for many years, 25 years. I've had partners all across America that help us do projects. I don't, I don't keep the honorariums when I preach. They go to do the projects we do around the world. And we've just, uh, just about completed the project in Uganda. It's uh, finished, the interior's done. Seats a thousand people in the auditorium and about, uh, got classrooms to teach and train about 40 church planners every 10 months. Uh, it's, it's probably Pastor Amanda was responsible for starting the project and seeing it through. Her and Kathy have been there. I've never even been there. I've just helped raise the money. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I'm not the only one raised the money, but I've helped raise the money. And in my briefcase was about $12,000 that had just been given to me for that project. And I was frustrated, most frustrated, because uh, how many of you know Cash can be replaced. 
and briefcases can be replaced and computers can be replaced. I was frustrated because they took my Bible. I mean, I had to really watch myself because I was going to ask an angel to put a whipping on them for taking my Bible. So it made Kathy and I late to the service we were going to. And so we got in our room that night and she said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, thank the Lord I put my iPad in my carry-on case. And so I had something left to preach. I'd have been preaching out of Gideon's Bible. But I, uh, I did have that. And I said to her, I said, Kathy, we're going to be fine. I said, we're tithers. We'll try that again. I said, Kathy, we're going to be fine. We're tithers. And God's going to rebuke the devourer. The city of Stockton, California has become such a crime-ridden city. It's actually the leading city in America now for crime. That the police don't even come. When I called the police, they said, just tell us over the phone. We don't even want to waste time sending people there. I went to get the window fixed on the car, and the guy at the window shop said, I replace, I forget how many hundred he said he does a week. And he said, all of them, 60% of every window I replace is a drive-by shooting or a smash and grab in vehicles. It's in America. It's in America. Hundreds and literally, we rode through San Francisco, Sacramento, and into Stockton. Hundreds and hundreds of tent cities everywhere. People living everywhere on the street. Cardboard boxes. And I thought to myself, because I'm a tither, God's going to rebuke the devourer. He's going to rebuke the devourer. How many of you know that he not only rebukes the devourer, he says he causes the nations to rise up and call you blessed. Blessed. In other words, he just has a way of making an example out of you that the world can't figure out how that happened. And there's a song that Jen Johnson wrote that my friend Tasha Cobbs started singing, which is really out of Tasha's venue almost. It's not in her genre of songs. But she just sang the fool out of it. And the words of the, of the bridge go like this. All my life, he's been faithful. And all my life, He's been so good. Yeah. So good. And I thought to myself, I've traveled, I've preached in 78 nations of the world. I've carried stuff all over the world. And I've never had anything stolen from me. It had to happen in America. So I stood in my hotel room and that's what I started singing. All my life, you've been faithful. Yeah. All my life, you've been so, so good to me. So if there's any breath in my body, I can't help but let you know that I'm in love with you. And knowing where I was going this week with the beginning of a series, the Lord told me the series that I'm supposed to preach over the next several weeks is a series called Stay On Course. Stay On Course. So I want you to lift your voice with me. Come on, would you stand and sing this song with me this morning? Just make it your own personal testimony. They'll sing the verse and the, and the bridge together. But let's just worship him.
Listen, it is easy to look at one day, one doctor's visit, one bad day at work, one rough week with my kids, one argument in a marriage, and say my whole life is miserable. But David said in Psalms 45, he said, I had to check God out over the whole body of work. And when I look back over the whole body of work, I may have had some difficult days, 
But when I check out everything I've been through, he's been good to me. And he's been faithful to me. So one more time, lift both hands and just say, Oh my days! We're so grateful today that all of our life you've been faithful. tradition where people believed that God was angry and frustrated with everybody and they say things like this God's going to get you he's going to chase you down he's going to get you and I got a revelation one day that God is chasing me but he's not chasing me to pay a debt I could never pay. He was chasing me to get me what was already mine that I kept running from. He's chasing me with this goodness. I come to tell somebody today, you need to quit running because the reason he's chasing you, he's trying to get you an inheritance. He's trying to get you something he already paid for that's already yours. You don't have to earn it. You just got to stop running long enough to receive it. His goodness. Running out. It's running out. 
sorry. I, I know we're supposed to do something else, but I sense God here. All my life. Somebody just, that's, that's the message to you today. All my life, you have been faithful. and declare over you today that even when you walk through the valley you'll fear no evil for he's with you and he's put two things as your guardian goodness and mercy and every time a failure tries to show up at your house, Mercy stands there and goes, nope, yes. nope, you can't take him. You can't have her. And every time the enemy wants to make you think it ain't going to work, goodness shows up and says, nope, nope, yes. nope, nope, you can't be there. You can't do that. Eva and Ashley both made a statement today that's so very, very important. Goodness of, the goodness of God is not about what he's done. It's about who he is. God doesn't have to try to be good. He is good. God doesn't have to try to love. He is love. It's a part of his attribute. It's who he is. I'm telling you, I feel God breaking religious mindsets off people who believe that God really is not a good God to you that somehow you got to perform to get it but I'm declaring to you today he's chasing you down with his goodness some of you have lived your whole life trying to earn what it is that God already wanted to bring to you and wanted to give to you and I'm not talking about people that don't know Jesus I'm talking about people who've been in church all their life I'm talking about people who believe that you don't qualify because this week you didn't pray enough or you didn't read enough or you didn't cross your T's and dot your I's. But I come to tell somebody that his goodness is chasing you today. His goodness is chasing you today. I just obey the Lord. I just, I just believe there are people in the building. You say, Bishop, I'm, I feel like I've been ch been chased by fear. I've been chased by all kinds of dread. There's certain things I don't even want to get up tomorrow. I don't even want to face people because there's things that have chased me all my life. There's some of you in this room. Habits have chased you. 
And just when you thought you broke free of it, it knocked on your front door again. Some of you have had discouragement chase you all your days. Depression has been a part of your life for a long, long time. Every time you try to outrun it, it keeps showing up chasing you. Can I tell you something? There is nothing that can be more troubling than the anguish of a human soul who is constantly running from something that can't outrun. Do you realize discouragement hides behind lipstick, makeup, smiling faces, and praise the Lord's? Discouragement will show up in a Section 8 house, an apartment, a condo. Discouragement will show up in a middle-class house and sit down at the coffee table and have coffee with you. Discouragement will ride with you to work, and if you don't carry him to work, he'll catch a ride home. And talk to you in the afternoon and make you believe that whatever you've been believing for is never going to happen. Discouragement will show up in a mansion. He'll let a circumstance of your life. I'm telling you, when I pulled out of that parking lot in Stockton, I said, I felt him. I felt him run after me saying, you just worked your behind off for, for seven or eight days raising money for somebody in Africa, not even for your own self. And they took it from you. And I, I felt him running after me. I felt discouragement trying to get in my truck and walk with me. But I said, no, 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 no. That's not what's chasing me. Goodness is chasing me. It's going to be around my next turn. It's somewhere because it's running after me. And I'm not going to keep trying to run from something I can't whip. I'm going to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to let him catch me right where I'm at and reveal to me the things that I've been longing for. I don't know who you are in the building, but whatever it is you're running from, it might be discouragement, it might be depression, it may be a habit, it may be shame, it may be guilt, it may be sickness. Maybe sickness has chased you for years and you keep trying to outrun sickness. It's time for you today to believe that God's goodness is going to meet you at a place of faith today. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to get out of your seat and meet me right here. One, two, three. Come meet me right here. release a grace on on those that have responded but I heard the Lord saying something to me specifically for us as a church family as Bishop was sharing Bishop you were sharing the Lord began to speak to me about Moses and Moses had walked with God all of his life 
from the time he was a baby, he was put in a basket and protected. He'd seen the goodness of God. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Moses was in the second half of his life. And he said, God, I want to see your glory. And God said, Moses, you've been walking with me your whole life and you think you know me. But if you want to know me in a new way, there's something you really don't know yet. And that's how good I am. And I'm going to show my goodness to you in the second half of your life. And Bishop, I believe that God is birthing something in you. And I believe that God is releasing something in the gate church. I want to talk to all my brothers and sisters that are in the second half of your life. And you've been walking with God for a long time. And the word of the Lord to you is, you haven't scratched the surface of the goodness of God. And if you think that you can settle in to how much goodness you've experienced already, God wants to bring you to a new place and show his glory to you. And I heard the Holy Spirit say that I'm going to release my glory in the gate church. And people in the second half of their life are going to see the goodness of the Lord in new ways in this time. Now is the time. So we say, Lord, we take the limits off. We take the ceiling off. We take the boundaries off of the goodness of the Lord. I hear the Holy Spirit saying that people that have entered into their retirement years have put confines on their financial lives. But the Lord says, I'm going to release strategies to people who think they're finished with their career so that the goodness of God multiplies in their life. You need to let the Holy Spirit define your retirement season, not your 401k and your financial plan. You need to say, God, what goodness is in store for me? It doesn't matter what my, what my financial advisor says. What does the goodness of God have to say about this season of my life? So I don't know who you are and I don't know where you are, but if you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now, you need to say, God, take the limits off. Somebody just say, God, take the limits off. Take the limits off. God, I thought I knew how good you could be. I thought I knew. Moses said, God, I thought I knew you. And God said, no, Moses, you saw me face to face, but I've got more to show you. Come on, let's lift our voice one more time and let faith arise. Bishop, over you and Pastor Kathy, that God's taken the limits off. God, we say, we say that no limits are going to exist in your life. No limits that aren't from God. We say that the boundaries that God have set over you, the lines are falling to you in pleasant places. We declare that Tony and Kathy Miller are living in the lines of pleasant places. We declare this is a pleasant season. It's a pleasant land. We declare it is not a land that is full of thieves and robbers, but it is a land that is full of abundance and goodness. 
goodness. And we declare that the goodness of God is overflowing to the gate church in the name of Jesus. Now, come on, everybody that's up front right here, I want to release something. I want to believe that just as Israel came through the sea, watch this, every enemy, every voice, everything that's been chasing you down that was from the wicked one, today we're going to declare it's being drowned in the sea of God's goodness. It's being drowned in the sea of God's mercy. It's being drowned in the sea of God's forgiveness. You're not going to live with guilt and condemnation and shame, but it's going to be drowned in the sea of God's goodness and God's mercy. Pharaoh and the horses and the riders are being drowned in the sea. Come on, declare that over your own life right now. Say, it's not going to chase me any longer. Its voice is not going to taunt me any longer. Oh, we thank you for the sea of goodness and mercy, for the sea that defeats our enemy. Yeah.
grace to receive. Give us grace to receive. You know, the challenge for some of us that have been walking with God for so long is that we really need the Holy Spirit to help us be childlike again. Bishop mentioned something just recently, and we actually had a prophetic word released before service last week about childlikeness. And I just feel like God's bringing some grace into people that have walked with God that God's going to give you childlike faith again, that you're going to have a renewed sense of wonder. You're going to have a renewed sense of openness so that you say, God, I may have thought that I knew, but Lord, would you give me a freshness of wonder and an openness of my eyes to say, Lord, show me your goodness in this season of my life. David said, I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the, watch this, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, I believed I was going to see it in the land I was living in. And some of you need to redirect some childlike faith to say, God, I'm not going to believe for the goodness of the Lord one day far off in another land. I'm going to start declaring the goodness of the Lord is showing up in this land, in this season, in this house, in this family. So, Lord, we declare today that we're going to see your goodness in the land of the living at the Gate Church. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Jay. Just stay right here with me for a minute, if you would. Goodness is chasing you. Goodness is chasing you. I was in a, an annual physical with my doctor a year ago. And I had something that was bothering me. And there are certain things that have been a part of the history of my family on my mother's side. And so I asked him, I said, with all the research that you guys have, why don't you go and just do a test and find out if if I carry that gene in my body, so, so I will know what I need to pray and what I need to believe for. And my doctor who, uh, I, think he's, I think he's a Christian, but he's not like really one of those guys that's really bold or outward about his faith. He said something to me I've never forgotten. He said, why would you want to know about something that may not happen. Why don't you just concentrate on what you know is true? I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know he's good. I don't know what I have to face this year, neither do you. Actually, I, I, when I talked to our team and told them I was going to be gone for five weeks, I said, guys, I just need to get away from the gate church for a bit. There's a lot of things that the pressure sometimes of, we had a $1.2 million expense in the middle of the summer putting roofs on. Thank God for insurance. but Just the pressure of, of stuff. 52 air-conditioned units and toilets in the back that get stuck in the middle of the night and overflow and cost you $15,000 to get the carpet fixed and cleaned up and those aren't things you're expecting and just it was just it's just come one right after the other there were days I pulled on this property and I thought Lord I, I wish you could direct a tornado this way 
I'm just being really, really honest right now. And while I was away, he just reminded me, have I never not been faithful to you? I walked a blue line that used to be in this church at the front here. And God gave me a promise about Oklahoma City. We've seen a little bit of it. We haven't seen all of it. Do y'all have the Do y'all have the title upstairs of the message I was going to preach today? Do you have the title? There's the name. That's what God told me to tell every person in the building. Everything you thought he promised you that he wasn't going to keep up to, that he wasn't going to be able to perform, he said, you tell him the deal is still on. You may have had 40 different occurrences that have happened from the time he made you that promise. But the deal is still on it's still on God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of a man he would repent and for every dis, every person who believes you're disqualified God says to you the deal is still on it's still on it's still on God told Abraham he's going to make him the father of many nations and in the next three chapters are full of nothing but turmoil. He ends up facing a famine, has to go to Egypt, lies about his wife, has trouble with Pharaoh, takes his nephew with him when he never should have took him, ends up, his nephew goes to Sodom, he ends up, Abraham has to put together an army, go down there and fight the king of Sodom, get his nephew back. He ends up, all this chaos for years, and he's like, I must have missed that. That was a great prophecy. That was a great promise. I don't think that's ever going to happen. And chapter 15 begins with these words. After these things, the word of the Lord came again to Abraham and said, the deal's still on. I've not forgotten what I promised you. I want to pray a prayer before we get ready to go. There are people at this altar today, people in this room today that I know you've been running from God. And today you made a decision to stop and let him catch you because his goodness is a sign to your life. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. You can't hate a God who keeps being good to you. You can't keep running from a God who every time he sees you wants to be good to you. So I want to pray a simple prayer. It's a prayer that just acknowledges him as the Lord of your life. I want everybody in the building to pray this prayer with me out loud. Ashley, help me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I humble myself. I believe you're a good God. I believe you're a good God. I believe that you have good things for my life. I believe that you have good things for my life. Today, today, I surrender my heart. I surrender my heart. My life, my life completely to you. Completely to you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Where you paid for everything. Where you paid for everything. And today, and today, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Live in me. Live in me. Live through me. Live through me. Let your goodness. Let your goodness be upon my life. I thank you, I thank you for, forgiving me, for forgiving me, for receiving me, for receiving me and for blessing and me. For blessing in your name I pray. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Would you give the Lord a great big praise offering today? How many, how many of you will be honest enough all over the auditorium, all across the front, just to say with me, Bishop, I needed to pray that prayer today 
because I've been running from God. But today, that prayer, I prayed it out of sincerity. If that's you, hold your hand up, would you? Because we want to rejoice with you. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Church, I was prepared to preach, but I think he's preached. I want you to leave here today. I pray that song sings in you all week long. All my life you've been faithful. And I pray you never forget these words. The deal is still on. For those of you that are going to join us for the Connect Group leadership meeting, we'd love for you to be, if you're just interested in saying, I'd love to host a group, I don't know how, but I'd like to. I'd like for you to take about 15 or 20 minutes meet us in the cafe. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he lift his countenance upon you. May he shine his grace and favor. And may you see his goodness in your life this week. In Jesus' name. Would you do something with me? Recovery of stuff has already begun. Would you give the Lord a great praise offering before you leave today? I love you, church. God bless you. You're free to go. Bye-bye.